1: did that record with Lou Reed. And they were eviscerated for this. And when I finally heard the record, I was like, this is the best record these guys ever have ever done. (laughs) You
2: know. Welcome back everyone to this week's episode of Last Words here on The Pit. Thank you for joining us today. We've got Buzz Osborne of the Melvins. I'm Katie Irizarry from Season and Myths and Outburn Magazine. And I'm Zena Coda from Everything's Political Podcast. Buzz, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate any and all interest.
2: (laughs) Well, we're particularly interested in you standing up recently to a seemingly exploitive Kurt Cobain memorial. Someone, a journalist, I believe in Aberdeen, Washington, had hit you up about or had hit you up about this memorial that was going to be put up in honor of Kurt Cobain. And you said, well, you know what? They should put it up in the jail cell when they arrested
1: him. Oh yeah, that was quite a while ago when that happened. Um, Years ago. So he's been dead, what? I can't remember how long now, a long time. And- uh, So this
2: was right, this interview was right when he died then. It wasn't something that people just decided they were gonna do now, however many years
1: later. No, it wasn't recently, or it wasn't right after he died. It was probably, because you know, that town is relatively slow moving when it comes to things of that nature certainly of recognizing anything outside the box but even they couldn't deny uh somebody selling 100 million records from their town so they couldn't deny that as much as they probably wanted to you know piss all over it they could they couldn't they, this wasn't going to happen you know so and when that happened i think that they were expecting me to be all uh you know lovey-dovey about the whole thing and happy but i, I had a very you know, unhappy experience living there and growing up there. And I feel like my life really started after I left there. I left there about 86. So long before the grunge explosion or Nirvana was a big band or anything like that. So, And uh, the happiest years of my life started re- relatively quickly after I left. So that was good. But with them, I don't have any good things to say about the area or the people there or the police in general. I had a lot of trouble with that and a lot of trouble with them. I caused trouble, but uh, most of that was designed to hurt them, you know? And I only, the only regret I have about that is that I didn't hurt them more. <laughs> so you're telling us never to move to Washington, huh? Washington's okay, but where I lived, I didn't like it. It was on the West Coast of Washington. It was uh, very backwards and uh, very rural, and which is fine. doesn't bother me, but where I was at, I didn't fit in very well. And I uh, was a very unhappy person the entire time i was there i don't have good things to say or good memories or you know good old days i'm not really a good old days person anyway you know i tend to look back on all the stuff especially the nirvana stuff it's ruined by how it all ended you know i don't have a you know this is so great and it's so amazing that it's just you know honestly i would rather have him be uh, alive and unfamous than famous and dead
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it makes me think about what what was the perception at the time of his death? Like you were there, you knew the area, you knew kind of the vibes there. Do you think that over the years that Kurt's image and Nirvana in general has just been blown up to this like warm, fuzzy place of nostalgia versus like where they were at the time?
1: It was, uh, you know, clouded by heroin and death, the whole thing, heroin addiction. So I'm never surprised when heroin addicts die one, one way or another, there was nothing I could do. Uh, I did feel like I did everything I could in, in that situation to uh, keep that from happening, but it was not gonna happen. He was surrounded by people that had very little interest in me, very little interest in what I thought and uh, um, who were not there at the beginning of the whole thing. And I think that, you know, it's sort of like with Elvis where you take a hick who has nothing and give them ton, tons and tons of money and fame. It's, it's, they may not be ready for that in a way. And especially you mix in drugs same way and it ends in early death. As far as like the rest of it goes, I'm really happy that something that I helped inspire those guys to do changed music on a global level. Sure. So I feel like my initial ideas about music and how it should sound and where it should go were correct. It's just that we're a lot weirder than bands like that. People don't get that. They hear our band, they don't understand how most people can't understand why they would be interested in a band like us, like the Nirvana guys, which means they have no intimate understanding of these people at all. None. Rock music. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. We're a weird band that's never sold millions of records. And, uh, you know, well, that's one thing we always said from the beginning was that millions of people won't like us. <laughs> we, we know that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I've done just fine. So I'm, I'm happy with all that, um, without all the uh, normal things that people judge that kind of stuff on. I, Never worried about that, just moved moved ahead in my life and creative creatively, and done a massive amount of work. So,
2: absolutely, you know, um, kind of circling back to this whole idea of, obviously, we see, I mean, before, during the same years around when Kurt Cobain died, and after now. You know, we just keep seeing more and more rockers succumb to whether it be addiction, whether it be even illnesses. There's been a lot of instances of uh, people who've died, they, you know, maybe from partying all their life and then getting sick or just from not having health insurance. Uh, You know, that's uh, something uniquely American, uniquely unique to American artists. But what were some, you know, kind of exploitive examples, I think, uh, similar to kind of what you felt was happening in Aberdeen that like, we could kind of think of that were similar to this, where an artist's legacy after they died, was kind of propped up in a way for money or glory by people who maybe quite, were doing it for the wrong reasons.
1: Hmm, well, um, lots of lots has been written about all that stuff. Um, Certainly about the Nirvana camp. Uh, Most of the time they don't really like what I say about it because I'm not about the bright and breezy end of it. Uh, I don't see it that way. Um, I, I'm not happy about um, how it all ended and how that all worked out. It just kind of has ruined the whole thing. It just made it difficult for me to look back on it. Gosh, it's so great. You know, I mean, we were friends before all of that happened before when we were all of us were, you know, penniless and with no hope. So I, I, I tend to have a better, view of those memories than I do of anything that happened when once those guys got big and famous, you know. And as far as exploiting it goes, they were surrounded by people that were exploiting them on every end, you know, from management to booking agents. And all those people were just, you know, none of those people were there at the beginning, certainly. And, and they had zero interest in us because they, and it was just nasty. You know, I don't know how else to put it. It's like, You know, uh, I felt alienated and weird around all of them. You know, I just wished they would all just go away somewhere and, you know, die horrible deaths. (laughs) One way to put it, for sure. That's one way to put it. Uh, I have no no interest in pretending like those people were good or nice. They were not. They were scum. You know, they're absolute scum. And I don't see it any other way. So I'm not going to. You know, time hasn't healed those wounds.
0: Well, you definitely, you know how to hold a grudge for sure. <laughs> it sounds...
1: Well, It's not like I, I appreciate can, that. I'm, I'm not going to yeah, lie, it, you know, am not going to lie about it. Oh yeah, it was great. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I was not treated well. And I don't, I tend to be like an elephant. I never forget that kind of stuff. You don't have to, the easiest thing in the world to do is to be nice. Just be nice. You can do that. Everybody can do that. If you can't do that, you're just a scumbag. well said
0: totally totally you guys have had um obviously quite a long career and you've kind of stuck it out and you are still the melvins and there's not a lot of bands that can do that and have like an actual legacy right like how do you think that bands do their best to like mature their band and still make money um and tour and make merch that's relevant and kind of like keep up with the times i guess you could say in a graceful way
1: well i don't know i mean we don't have any uh we don't have any brother bands you know for lack of a better term like you know us and these guys or you know this this group of people i've never felt comfortable in that kind of situation and uh, oftentimes felt like a groucho marxist which is like i don't want to belong to any group that would have me as a member it's like there's nobody doing the kind of stuff we do i mean not the weird way we've worked with our band and kept it fresh and all the strange kinds of projects we've done throughout the, and all kept it under this heading of the same thing. And nobody's doing that. I don't know if anybody that's doing it. So I think that most bands are as, as, as much as they would like to not think this are totally conservative as our mass, as most music fans are totally conservative. They can't think outside the box. They can't think, well, yeah, this is cool. that This band did this, like Metallica did that record with Lou Reed. And they were eviscerated for this. And when I finally heard the record, I was like, this is the best record these guys ever have ever done. It was cool. <laughs> you know? It was cool. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know what these people are talking about. This is way better than, it. you know, to me, it's the it's coolest thing they'd ever done. And it was a really great thing to do with Lou Reed. And people just stomped him to the ground for it. And I, I don't understand it. It's like, this is a really creative and cool thing. You guys don't appreciate this. the the hundreds of millions of people who like this band can't handle this well if i was metallica i would just keep moving in that direction i would it's like what's the problem we can still make they still make money doing that kind of thing and it's much more interesting what they end up doing well let's just worry about what people can handle i don't know what people can handle i have no idea all i know is what i think is good i'm not perversely making music to not have people buy it, we're not beavering away trying to make it, sh- make sure that millions of people don't buy our music. We think that they should, but I've never worried about that. I've always thought, I'm going to make music that I like, the way that I like it, and the way that I would appreciate it if I was a fan. I don't know how many people out there will be there if, if I go about it with that attitude, but it will be enough. Whatever it is. And Metallica had that for a moment. They had that idea for a moment. And then I don't know what they think about that, but you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because you can see that they're capable of doing something that is way left of center and much cooler than just trying to make yet another record that their that legions of fans will like. You know, I don't know what they'll like. I mean, David Lynch said something I thought was really cool, which was he loses 20% of his audience with every movie, but he gains people along the way. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's right. That's right. That's the way it is with us too, you know? Our fans stay about the same age, we get older. <laughs>
2: you know. that, that's great though, yeah. You know, your fans stay the same age you get older because you're bringing in new generations and who yeah. else is doing that? There's people out there that, who are still playing the same crowds who have stopped listening to music. Like There's like a certain sect of people and like there's a certain sect of band who really appeal to each other. And those are the people who like stopped losing, like stopped getting laid after high school. And then that's when they stopped listening to music, like new music. And like, then there's like bands who only play to those people. And it's like, what are you doing? You're not really, those people, you're not really, you're not growing. No one here is growing. It's, there's people who aren't out there trying to discover new music. And then there's bands out there not trying to appeal to new fans.
1: We made a lot of records at the beginning that we, that no one cared about. And we just kept doing it. And that was the beginning of that, that, that influenced enough people that certainly got a lot bigger than we did. And I was always very happy about that, you know, but I, if I had not stuck to my guns and started worrying about, you know, what people would like, that would never have, would have happened. <laughs> you know, So we uh, uh, kind of look at it as a war of attrition. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. And, and the assholes that we've had to deal with are, are generally speaking are gone. They're not doing this anymore or those people have moved on or promoters or whoever they are or bands or they're finished they don't make music anymore they don't they have moved on to something else and we're still doing the same thing that we always with the same attitude not the same music but the same attitude we're still going about this the same way we always have which is i'm willing to take a chance and do things weird and take the heat because i'm sticking to what my initial ideas about what music should be are from the beginning you know <laughs> It's like you know, it's like Captain Beefheart playing heavy metal. That's what we're doing. That's what we want to do. You know, or you know, Dropping Gristle mixed with you know the Knack and uh, Judas Priest and and uh, and uh, 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 Black Flag all mixed together with Flipper on top. You know, that's kind of what that's kind of what we're about. Sort of. There's I mean, just there's just nobody else that's done that kind of thing. Nobody I can think of. We're capable of doing any kind of music. We can do country music, which we've done, we can do total hardcore heavy metal, doomish of stuff, noise stuff, funny stuff, it's all over the map. And it's, it's been evident for more than 30 albums. You know, so and there's more on the way. We just never stop. That's been the hardest thing during this pandemic is I'm, I'm a workaholic,
3: which,
1: which I've always said that uh, there's worse things to be addicted to than work. You know? <laughs> That's so,
3: true. That's very so, true.
1: I can relate. So I I, I uh, have a hard time with it. You know, I've had a hard time with this thing. It's just been very disappointing and, and uh, difficult to deal with, you know? For sure.
0: For us too. I definitely hear you on that. I got a question actually about, you know, when we, we think of legendary artists that kind of like have these rich estates that basically could be passed on for generations, like you could sell your estate for like you know, millions and millions of dollars and it can keep- Like Prince. Prince. Yeah, like prints, exactly. Do you think that somebody becomes a legend when they die young?
1: Well, what do they say? What, what, I can't remember what the saying is. It's something about, you know, if, if an ugly building will become respectable if you wait long enough, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> an analogy. <laughs> something like that, I can't remember. It's something like that. All I can think of is somebody like Hendrix dies or you know, died or or, or Cobain, what would they have done? You know, what what kind of things would they have done? And I was really there was I know there was talk that Hendrix was going to do a record with Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. But we we're all we're all lesser as a result of that not happening. So you know it, we're here for a short amount of time on this planet. You know money and things like that are generally no matter how rich you are squandered by the next two generations of your family, <laughs> and they'll be it'll be back to zero. That <laughs> almost always happens. You you're know? True. <laughs> uh, if if you're rich now, your kids kids will not be. And nobody has to do anything. All you have to do is just let let it just let it play itself out and, and it will be gone. And that, that is that always happens. That's just that's just normal. That's just how it works. Very, very few people are born, just happen to have money. Very few. You know. It's so so it's like, you know, their their dad might have been, did well, but they won't do well, you know? or they'll they'll spend it all and it'll be gone, or somebody will squander it along the way you know, you do the best you can along those lines. I tend to think that um, money that people make, if I'm gonna gonna fault someone, it's not gonna be because they have money. Mm. I don't believe having money is a crime, personally. Um, It's their money to spend however they want, to do with as they see fit. And uh, I don't have any problem with that. I just don't have any problem with it because I know it'll be back. If you just wait long enough, it'll be back in circulation.
2: You know, what's interesting is we're talking about these bands and their legacies. A lot of people now, especially people who get older and haven't really looked for new bands and are still kind of stuck in like that, like old school mindset are saying like rock is dead. Have you seen this at all? Or is there maybe trends that you're
1: noticing when it comes to the youth discovering music? As far as guitar stuff being dead, I heard that in the early 80s. With the, with when synth pop, synth pop bands are out, you know, in in mass and selling tons of records, that guitar stuff is dead. Well, maybe it is, you know. Maybe, may, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I certainly have no idea. I had no idea what kids wanted then. You know, I mean, I didn't like teenagers when I was a teenager. You know, I, I, I don't don't have any idea what they think. And if I did know what they think, I'd probably be severely disappointed, just like I was then. You know, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big fan of hip hop. I like a little bit of it, but uh, by and large, it all pretty much sounds the same to me. And I I did enjoy a lot of that stuff Um, when a lot of it came out, like I really liked Run DMC when that stuff came out and saw them in the mid 80s. And that was really good. And I like that. I like the NWA record uh, straight out of Compton, because I think that it kind of that cop killing gangbanger thing kind of peaked with all that kind of stuff there. And what was that, 30 years ago? So more than do that, you, I think.
2: At this point, be, right. I can't do math. Yeah, about where,
1: yeah, thirty plus yeah, 30. years ago. Where where do you go from there with that stuff? <sighs> you know, and so you know, I'll do things like I'll be around somewhere, hearing what people are listening to, and I don't like it any more than I did ever. What the majority of stuff like when I was in high school, I'm fifty-seven years old. when I was in high school. People liked Ario Speedwagon, Kansas bands. I didn't like, I couldn't stand. And I'm sure that now, if I was in a high school and was a high school kid and I listened to the bands that they that people liked, I wouldn't be able to stand it either. I just honestly don't think anything has changed just along those lines. Once in a while, I agree with the record-buying public, and, and go, "Yes, I understand why millions and millions of people like this," but by and large, it doesn't really happen. And it's not because I'm not trying to like it; it just doesn't happen. I'd like to, but it just—I've never been in tune with. Uh, the ways and and the, and the, what what's 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 popular with with most people in the world. and never have been. That's not. I would much rather be able to turn on the radio, which is what I listen to in the car mostly, and love everything that's on it, that's new, you know. But I just don't. I never did. <laughs> the, my record collection has only gotten bigger because time has passed, not because there was a golden era. I don't believe there was. You know, <laughs> just as many good bands now as there ever was. As far as like what I would be interested in, most of the stuff that's new I'm not going to be into. Just it doesn't matter if they play guitars or not; I'm not going to like it.
0: Is there anybody that you're a super fan of?
1: Oh, um, you mean it's new?
0: No, of all time. Who all who time? You super fandom. Maybe give us
2: give us a little sampling. Tell us yeah, some bands yeah. that inspired you of all time, and some new ones if you have them. Your Sunday record special.
1: Yeah, I, I could go. I could go on and on. I mean, I could. It could be never ending. Give know, us a little snapshot.
2: What did you listen to before you came on this podcast here today?
1: This morning, what did I listen to this morning? I listened to uh, Talking Heads, Remain in Light, two songs off of that. I listened to uh, a Montrose song, uh, uh, the first Montrose record part of that. I listened to Chris Cornell's soundtrack for the the, the one song that he did, or the opening credits of the James Bond movie he did, um, (laughs) Casino Royale, which I think personally is his best Bond theme. And I will never tire of that. And I I think that song is uh, lyrically and everything, you know, it gives me me goosebumps just to hear it. I mean, understand that no form of art has ever moved me like music has,
3: Mm.
1: you know? I don't care what it is. I can be standing in front of the greatest painting of all time and I will not get goosebumps. I do, I did a little bit, I have a few times like with Hieronymus Bosch paintings and stuff like that, but not the way music does. You know, I can put on a you know my favorite song, my favorite birthday party song, and get the get a feeling like a, like a, a, I'm supercharged, like it's just overwhelming. And music is such an old part of our lives; it is as old as man itself. It, it goes back to every culture from the beginning of time, and and there's something to be said. I don't know why it is, but it's magical. It, it courses through you like like a like a spiritual awakening and i think that's why music is so powerful in church scenarios and why it makes people feel spiritual because it does you know and so when i find good music i'm into it in a way like i would be if i was a religious fanatic (laughs) i feel like you know and and i take it very seriously i hate it when people undermine it or act like it's not a real art form I just want those people, I just want to kill those people. I want to, you know, it's like, you understand nothing about life itself. This is the thing that gives me a reason to wake up in the morning. You know, nothing will get me out of bed faster than a really good song. You know, and I'm just passionately, you know, overtaken by that stuff. it doesn't matter if I'm driving or if I'm listening to headphones in a plane or if I'm at home listening to music. There are certain songs that you can put on that every single time will charge you in a way that you're not going to get from anything else or will put you on the verge of tears. or It's just such an amazing experience. That's why I've been into it since I was 12 years old. It's never changed. It's never changed. That, that flame inside of me has not diminished one iota. If anything, it's gotten bigger. I'm not bored with music. I'm a fan of music and I need it. Just like I need air to breathe. You know, I need to listen to good music at a high volume while driving in my car. I need to do that. It feels really good. good.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) That's why we're all in this. And that's what's interesting. You know, I'm sure there's some bands that you listen to that I wouldn't like, and vice versa. But at the end of the day, we're still connected and we're still united on the front that we eat, breathe, and sleep our love for music. And that's something that we are going to love until we take our last breath. And that's never going to change. If anything, it's going to get stronger, but it's never going to diminish. It's never going to go away.
1: Now I know people that I just don't listen to music anymore. I don't relate, you know, Ooh. that's okay. And I understand people move on in their lives. Like I, I don't have kids. I've been married for you know, the better part of 28 years, but we don't have children. And so I know people, you know, they get to a certain age and they have kids and they have a, a whole lot of other responsibilities and they kind of move on. A little bit i get that but i doubt that they're completely not listening to music you know like i see a poster on your wall alice cooper that's one of my favorites yes alice cooper is a guy that does that to me on a on the top 10 level
2: same and you know i'm not a musician but alice cooper still inspires me on an aesthetic level i mean first of all his music to begin with is something you know it, it's kind of one of those bands that i can't tell you when i first started listening to alice cooper because when i first remember listening to it consciously all the music sounded familiar to me like it had been music that had been a background in my life and I didn't realize it whether it be on the radio or on MTV when MTV played music or in the background of a movie and it's something that stuck with me as far as his look and his aesthetic and his stage shows and all of it it's just like He's like the whole package Alice Cooper. And that, you know, made me kind of like spooky and theatrical, like his influence is vast. You don't even have to be a musician to be influenced by some of these bands. That's a perfect example, Alice Cooper.
1: He, he, he's, he's one of the best. And, and um, they had a lot of records in a row in a very short amount of time that I will never grow tired of, ever. And uh, I have the utmost respect, especially for the mid period Third, from third album to Muscle of Love I think is some of the greatest rock music ever made and what we liked about him Mies in particular well you know the other guys feel the same way but it's like they were hippies but they were hate hippies you know and they always said we're driving a stake through the heart of the peace and love generation so, that's right and and they did it by crafting amazingly uh uh uh, uh, uh um, well-crafted music that was uh, uh, uh on a high level not just easily done it's it's, it's 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 very sophisticated if you listen to it and when I was 12 years old I loved it and I and I realize now that my 12 year old brain was right <laughs> this is good you know it's still good and I will never forget it I will, It will always be a big part of my life always you
0: know And it stands the test of time. And that's what a really good artist and a really good band does.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's what you hope for. Yeah, for sure. You make records and you put them out in the world and you walk away from them and and they become somebody else's property. You know, they're not yours anymore. I can make, I can make a record. It's odd. I don't know if you guys are playing bands or anything, or if you've ever made records, but, um, huh? I have. It's a tedious (laughs) process. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, um, I uh, uh, um, I can enjoy them up until about the time they come out, which means I've been listening to them for months and months and months.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: When they come out, then I have to move on. And then they go out in the world and I am satisfied with the way they are. And that is, that's the end of that for me. Just as everyone else isn't starting to enjoy them, I'm moved, I've already moved on to something else. You know? But I think that that's the only way I can keep it fresh in my mind, you know? Sure, baby let it go and just don't worry about it anymore I mean one of my favorite directors so I'm also super into movies but one of my favorite director my favorite director is John Huston and he said that he would um, watch movies in the, in the editing booth until he got it to where he wanted it and then he just moved away from it D- didn't think about it anymore it's like it's done you walk away you let it go out and have a life of its own in the world you know, So psychologically you
0: gotta cut loose sometimes
1: I think it's the only way to do it. Otherwise you're just stuck. You know, I don't know what people are going to think. I'm not going to worry about what people think as far as that's concerned. I know it's good. It's just, I'm satisfied with it up to that point And you move on and just continue to do what you're doing. But, but usually by the time, as you know, by the time uh, someone else hears it, you're, you're well, have listened to it for a long, long time up to that point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know? you're over it at that point. for you're sure.
1: You know, you move on.
0: Are you super into, I mean, you you mentioned Alice Cooper, who's an amazing live performer, right? Are you super into the stage and live show? Is that something that draws you in as a fan? And I'm curious of your opinion, because I was reading a recent statistic that like some of the highest and most like enduring live bands are U2, Fleetwood Mac bands like Iron Maiden you know bands that can basically tour and have this huge theatrical show and make like a crazy production of it and that's how they're able to kind of like sustain their career and raking the big bucks year over year so curious to hear a lot your opinion on kind of like wild crazy live stage shows and um just you know like how that really helps a band sustain their career
1: well for me I don't care about that stuff at this point in my life doesn't mean anything to me seen it all Well, I just, you know, I realized a long time ago with punk rock that I I was more into interested in the intimacy of that kind of setting than I was in a hockey arena. Mm -hmm. If I go to a hockey arena, I kind of want to see hockey, (laughs) you know. Same. Huh? Same. Yeah. If I, (laughs) if I, uh, yeah, if I, if I, I, I rarely enjoy music in a place designed for a sporting event. Rarely. You know, once in a while, if it's something like, I saw the band uh, Cream reformed at Madison Square Garden. And I enjoyed it because it literally was like the only time I was ever going to get to see them. And it was like either the second to last or last show they ever did. You know, now two of them are dead, so it's never going to happen again. And I was super excited about that. But I would have been much more excited at Irving Plaza or somewhere other than Madison Square Garden. But that wouldn't have that wouldn't have ever happened. I mean, I guess for a band like U2 or something, you know, I, I just... That kind of stuff is distracting to me. I don't care about it much. You know, like it's like with Pink Floyd. If they didn't have really good songs, I wouldn't care about the stage show. Mm
3: -hmm. You know,
1: I don't care. I wouldn't care about the wall live if I didn't like any of the music. Who cares? You know, it's just like, I don't think you can put smoke and mirrors and make something better as a result of it. You can, you can improve on good. You know, as far as that's concerned yeah it's a great show and i think it, by and large they make those for people that aren't like me as far as like as far as like uh, um i would much much rather see a band play with no stage show in a much smaller place and enjoy their music than than have a distracted you know be distracted by a lot of stuff that makes absolutely no difference to me none at all i mean i i like you know saw you know lots of bands in intimate settings that gave me just as much of a charge as i got seeing van halen in an arena
3: Mm. if not
1: more you know even though i enjoyed those shows it's just after a while i just realized that the punk rock setting was more along the lines of what i liked more better maybe a theater of like you know two or three thousand people is good i saw elton john a few years ago in vegas in a place that held like 2500 people that was cool that's awesome
2: yeah you know and that's someone who puts on you know knows theatrics but could also do it stripped down like either way you're gonna you're gonna see elton it's gonna be great
1: yeah, and I know I would have, I enjoyed that a lot more than I would have at the stable Center in, oh, in LA. Yeah. Oh, I'm know. sure. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I think it's okay if I was 16 years old and uh, you know on acid or something like that and wanted to be away from my parents for a long period of time, I think those kinds of shows are great. And, and you need to experience that kind of thing. You need to see it. It's like a circus, it's okay. But that's not enough for me. You know, it's not enough. You want the voice, you want the quality. <laughs> I want to, you know, hear uh, uh, and feel it more than that. You know, I want to, I want to kind of see and see the sweat on the guy's face.
0: (laughs) No, I love that too. Yeah, there's there's value to both for sure.
1: Or you could. But I just, as time has went on, I just have less and less interest in it, in the big stuff. It's like great, you know, and I don't like festival shows. I'm not interested in that sort of thing. Once again, if I was a teenager, I would probably be very interested in all those kinds of things and love it. Or if it was a situation where, you know, you're only gonna be able to see this once. They've resurrected, re- resurrected Hendrix, and he's gonna be playing at a gigantic festival outdoors. Do you wanna go? Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, but some other show, you know, like I had I got offered tickets to Roger Waters plays the wall at, at a stable Center, really good tickets. And I was just like, I just don't care, you know, I'm okay, I'm okay, I don't need to go. You know, <laughs> just, I'd you- be pissed off trying to find parking and it would ruin the whole night, you know. <laughs>
2: Like even the amount of money you spend on parking and tickets and everything, it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, like you said, it's not like, it's like Pink Floyd and 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 Roger Waters and, and David Gilmore getting back together and playing, like you said, like a 2,500 cap club. And like something that's
1: gonna be a little bit more exciting. I, I'm, more, I'm more lean towards that, even though I'm a big fan of that kind of music. You know, I will never stop liking Led Zeppelin, but you know, I don't care about them playing some giant, it just doesn't interest me, you know? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not interested. I think it's great if, band, if people are excited about that and they want to go see that. That's great. I just don't. I just don't have any interest. No. So None. only if Hendrix was reanimated. <laughs> that would be one. That would be one. That's it. Way. We know now. Miles Davis. I would go. I would go see Miles Davis.
0: Reanimated only. <laughs> he was
1: resurrected? I'd go. Yeah, sure. But you know, we know. We know how. We know how, what. Uh, what uh, chances there are of that happening? <laughs> right. Well, but on the other yeah. hand. If you had really great hockey tickets, I would go. I would go with you to that. <laughs> <laughs> or like, even though I don't care about hockey, I would still go. Or if you have great seats to an NFL game, oh, sure, that sounds like fun. You know, there's energy to there too. That's why. Yeah. Even though I don't really care about football, I, I'll go. To, I'll go to a big pro sports sporting event. Sure. I love baseball. I'd go to baseball games. Fifty thousand people there, but that's what it's designed for. That's what you do. That's that's where they play baseball. You know, music isn't, you know, they didn't design the Staples Center with music in mind.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> just, I, I hear you. Sounds
1: horrible. You know, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. I didn't get to cut these off.
0: No, it's pretty boring when you're sitting there. Me and Katie went to go see Van Halen in New Jersey. where uh, we We're literally at the back, back, back of the, uh, the field and we're like, why are we here? Yeah. <laughs>
2: nothing I mean it was a good time because we hung out but it's like we could be doing this at home on our couch oh, around with people yeah. and just put Van Halen on in the background and have the exact same experience and it would yeah. sound better because David Lee Roth sounded like bad word
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw them on the women and children first tour it was really good See, like no. that yeah like that's Literally. what
2: I'm saying Like I, Transport would, us I would back. all the money in the world to get that level of Van Halen and now that's the other thing too you're never getting Van Halen
1: no that's it you know, that's the kind of thing that happens. Enjoy it while it lasts.
2: Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. so that's, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. And even we kind of just had this conversation last week too, whereas Zena and I did see uh, a massive band at a very small venue. We saw Megadeth at St. Vitus, but at the same time it was uncomfortable because we're like jammed in like sardines. You can't move. You can't see anything again. It's like, we could just listen to Megadeth on our couch and, and have the same experience yeah. and not deal yeah. with them and spend
1: Either them way you're yeah, either way, you're
2: uncomfortable. I probably wouldn't go to either one, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Lesson learned, lesson you live and you learn. We still had a good time. You know, you are, it's a lot of these times, concerts, this is what I'm learning in the pandemic. It's the virtual experience that isn't the same because you're not around people you want to hang out with. Because that, that's part of the experience as well. You're around great music, you see a band you love, and then it's also the company you keep that makes it. So at the end of the day, yeah. at least I still had a good time with Zena, so it wasn't all bad. Yep. But we could have done that somewhere way more comfortable. It was a good date. Yeah. It was a good date, yeah.
1: And, and like with me going to small club shows, um, even though I'm not massively famous, I'm just famous enough to where I get bothered by people a lot. And I'm always nice to them. But uh, what I've learned is that if I know a band that's coming to town, I go down to their sound check. Yeah. And then, you know, say hi and talk to everybody while they're still lucid, you know, and then um, watch their sound check. And then that's enough for me. And I, or maybe go out to dinner with them and then I go home. You know, just.
2: That- that's my plan as well. I'm like, okay, gonna go see the, get there early, see everyone before yeah. the show and before the last song, I'm
1: out of there. Yeah, yeah, hard yeah, yeah. You're hard to miss for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: so, you know, if people are nice, I have time for them as far as that's concerned, which is something I heard from uh, Getty Lee, actually from Rush said, if people are nice, I have time for them. I totally agree. And so I, I have no problem with that, but I don't go out looking for it, you know? <laughs> You know, I'm going to go out somewhere where I think someone's going to recognize me. I don't, I don't have any interest in that in pursuing it, you know, but just live my life the way I want to. And which might be a lot, probably is a lot stranger than people would imagine. You know?
0: A few years ago, this isn't metal related, but it's related to Michael Jackson. There Michael, were
2: Michael Jackson. Michael, Jackson. Michael Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Yes
0: there were some films that came out that weren't very flattering to his past, um, some of which we knew, but some of which really exposed um, what happened in the background. And some people would argue that it actually really damaged his career, like his trajectory forward, even though people always love Michael Jackson in some way, shape or form. But what do you think about those kind of instances where like somebody who's dead, right, can't really defend themselves or can't really go back on that. Um, What do you think happens to somebody's legacy when they can't defend themselves anymore. Well, Michael
1: Jackson might be a bad ex- uh, uh, example because you kind of knew. Well, I, I don't know if we knew. I mean, I don't really trust the media or the internet to tell me what the truth is, sure. because I know how much stuff out there about me isn't true. You know, most of it isn't true, and I certainly don't help matters when it comes to that kind of thing. But uh, um, the ones, the stuff that he was involved in, was it's 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 it's, it's so foul.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: that it's difficult for me to worry about his legacy under those circumstances. You know, if they were saying he was a drug addict or, you know, it was simply that who cares, you know, or if he blew money on, you know, fast cars and wiped them out and destroyed hotel rooms. Ultimately that doesn't really hurt anyone because he's paying for it. But the stuff that he was accused of doing and these people say he was doing to me is it's so vile and disgusting that um, I don't care about the rest of it. I believe them. You know, they have nothing to gain, really. I'm sure we everyone knows that kind of situation in their lives. Uh, probably, there's no family in America or in the world that doesn't have something like that somewhere in their family. It knows how serious it is and how horrible that kind of stuff is. And and uh, I don't want to make light of it with uh, with uh, um, worrying about whether uh, um, beat it is uh, soiled as a result of that. I think he probably did this himself and. Um, this is the kind of stuff that happens to you when you behave in that and that and you know that's what that's what should I, I find it a little weird that people if I was a fan of Michael Jackson I don't know if I could continue to enjoy it under those circumstances that kind of thing is 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 such a you know such a horrible thing that uh, um, maybe there's people that don't believe it but I believe it I believe it happened I don't know that it happened but I would believe these people I see no reason not to so. Under those circumstances, it's like with Prince. We were talking about Prince earlier. He died of a drug overdose. Okay, to me that doesn't soil his legacy. It's just he shows that he's human. But the other, you know, chasing down these little kids is far beyond that. So, you know, and so I tend to I tend to shy away from that kind of stuff and, in a big way.
0: <laughs> totally. No, that's that's a good yeah. interesting point of view for sure. Katie, would it be you?
2: Well, you know, I think what the bigger question is, because you're right, like this is a different circumstance with Michael Jackson, because it's a lot darker. It's not like someone just said something maybe, or, you know, uh, someone had a weird opinion or maybe a sketchy past or did drugs. It's, it's a little bit darker than that. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, is, so it is kind of a harder example, whereas, you know, you maybe look at something um I can't really think necessarily of an example of someone who's dead, but just in general, you know, uh, okay, my God, Cena, you'll know. All right. Pablo Vergara, morbid. Uh, granted, he's alive. He was accused, of, you know, this, this documentary came out on Netflix, the disappearance at the Cecil Hotel about the Elisa Lamb case. It was a woman who disappeared at a hotel and was later found in like a water tower or water tank somewhere. And there's like some really creepy video footage that visibly looks like she's cowering and hiding from someone in an elevator and like afraid of them coming so that aside this guy the internet was just kind of like oh he was at this hotel once weeks before maybe years before this even happened so he must have done it even though the guy was in another country playing a concert this happened in san francisco i believe somewhere in california this guy was in mexico playing a concert when the murder and the disappearance took place he's a death metal artist too and he's a like, death metal artist and the internet went nuts and we're like he did it it was him because and and they pieced together all of this bogus you know crazy conspiracy theory stuff and ruined the guy's life he was banned from youtube he was you know banned from music and he had to really pick up the pieces now he's a very successful filmmaker he was suicidal at one point he's suicidal at one point and now he's doing a lot of charity work about uh bullying and for mental health, because he went through serious cyberbullying and, you know, mental health issues, suicidal. It almost ruined his life. It did kind of ruin his life, and thankfully he was able to pick himself up, which not many people can. So that's kind of really the bigger issue when it comes to things where it's like, okay, this, you know, even when there is someone who's alive to defend themselves, sometimes you don't even give them that chance. It's that trial by uh, what's the word I'm looking for
1: media <laughs> yes
2: trial by media or trial by social media even
1: yeah yeah no,
2: it's just like everyone all of a sudden is an amateur lawyer and an amateur cop and an a- whatever it's, it's like, no, not like stick to watching cru- true crime and trying to solve like buzzfeed's unsolved mysteries like stay out of this though this is real life this is real people like you can't mess with that
1: uh you know that seems to be the way it is now i mean uh, we were joking recently that the internet now is like the National Enquirer in the 1970s. Yeah, yeah it is. Everything's a big deal for two weeks and no one cares anymore, you know? Right, Uh-oh. and
3: some of the things
2: that are a big deal, it's like, does this need to, is this really the hill we're gonna die on? Like with all the issues in the world out there, is this really what we're gonna be mad about this week?
1: And you like, don't even know if it's true. That's yes. the thing.
2: you never do because you just follow a breadcrumb trail that leads you to some vague Reddit thread. Like there's never even any proof or anything. It's just, well, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And um, to speak on just, yeah, the bigger kind of topic of when someone does something like Michael Jackson and their music, for me personally, it is really hard for me when I grew up listening to something and didn't know who a person was, and then all of a sudden this comes out or whatever, it's hard to me to flip that switch and say, I don't like this music anymore. And it is definitely (laughs) a very strange struggle where it's like, yeah, this, this person did was horrible, but I can't help but still just be like all right beat it's coming on and, and getting excited and it's like a dirty feeling in a way but it's it's hard because at the same time that by no means am i saying he gets a pass that means he's, he he didn't hurt people that means yeah. by no means is that what i feel and i think that's something yeah. people will look at me and say like ice earth this was a big topic here i've loved ice earth my whole life their music was never political it was all about fantasy and like dungeons and dragons and comic books and you know horror movies there was never anything about it that and then political stuff happens and people think, okay, you can't be a fan of this band anymore. It's like, I've been listening to this band forever. I've loved this band. How can I all of a sudden, Marilyn Manson, how can I all of a sudden just be like, I don't like this music that has been such a core part of my identity for half of my life, if not longer. It's hard, it's, it's tough, um, you know, and, and it's uh, definitely something I think a lot of us as fans are reckoning with, but I just wish there was more understanding for people where it's like, yeah, I'm not saying what this person did is right or that it's okay. But I also just, this music means more to me than that. It was never about the artist. This music connected with me on a personal level and my identity. It's completely separate.
1: Yeah, it's, it's surprising. Especially with Marilyn Manson. I mean, I don't know the details of all that, but one thing that crossed my mind when it was coming up was that, you know, he did describe himself as the Antichrist superstar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's not tips. Mr. Rogers, you know? And, and uh, uh, if he was Mr. Rogers, those people wouldn't have been interested in him. Well, it's more shocking if he was mr rogers actually yeah mr for rogers sure. a lot weirder
2: <laughs> and at the same time he did a lot in a, in a weird way for us as metalheads because you know when i was growing up the columbine happened and marilyn manson was the one you know standing up against you know discriminating against metalheads and there's a yeah. famous interview he did where they said, what would you say to those kids? He's like, I wouldn't say anything. I'd listen. So there's things he did, too, that it's like I can't deny the positive impact. But of course, at the same time, you're right. You look at it and it's like, yeah, but the man's also clearly got a serious drug problem, mental illness, and not surprising that he takes it out on women. And that sucks. That's not great. That, I mean, you know, I don't know it taints the music in a way or it taints the artists artists but i don't know that it tastes taints the music
1: yeah i have no idea what he did or didn't do i met him a couple times He was always nice to me but i was never dating him so
2: right well that's the other thing too you don't know and that's something that you know is being sorted in court and i don't like to make my biggest fear people say what's your biggest fear my biggest fear is being tried by a jury my peers for a crime i didn't commit so (laughs) you know i also (laughs) want to be careful to say well you know i can feel the way i feel but at the end of the day my opinion doesn't matter. I wasn't there.
1: Ooh, that well, is a good, that's a good fear. <laughs> it's a real won't, it won't be a jury of your peers. It won't be people that look like you or listen to music like you. It will be yeah. other people who have no concept and will look at you as a total weirdo. Yeah, that's that's they They're not your peers. That's they will just like you just by simply, if they hold up pictures of you, some certain parts of times of your life or whatever, as being a music person, is being absolutely the enemy. Look that's at the West Memphis Three. No jury of your peers, no way. I have been called down to jury duty more than once. The second I walked, and they make me come down there. The second I walk through the door, they tell me to leave. You're <laughs> good. You're good. They don't want me on a jury. No way. Doesn't matter what the, what the trial is. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna ever be on. I tell them on the phone. You don't want me. I guarantee it. Have to come down. Okay, you out. Second. Okay. Another waste of time. You know. You know what I mean? Because. I'm not going to be on the jury. It's going to be my mom on the jury against people like you, you know, that's the problem. There's no good way of doing this. The best thing to do that I found is to live a very conservative life and let your craziness come out in your art. That's the safest thing to do, which is what's made it to where I've been remained married for 28 years to the same woman (laughs) (laughs) which is about 25 years longer than most rock and roll marriages. And uh, I decided that a long time. I didn't want to waste energy in any of those departments that I could put towards a good use. That's it. You know, I mean, I don't want, I don't do things that will get me in that kind of trouble for a reason. (laughs) That's it. I mean, people like, uh, people like, um, what was his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. The big, uh, big, uh, uh, a big uh, uh evangelist i can't think of his name
2: oh i oh, uh, not uh, oh my god billy graham billy graham,
1: billy graham he man. wouldn't even ride in a, an elevator with a woman by himself And Mike pence either <laughs> maybe but he's like i don't i don't want to do it i just don't want to i'm not going to put myself in that position i'm not going to do it and so Where
3: these you
1: know he, now he was he wasn't jimmy swagger you know what i mean it didn't happen to him you know so i i, I kind of understand that You're you're a person that's famous. You're you're living a different kind of life. I am living a different kind of life. Certainly not on the level of him, but it's certainly different than most people. And I think it's a concern that you should have if you want to continue doing what you're doing. is to take all that stuff into consideration. A lot of times things like drugs and outside issues cloud those kinds of judgments. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you take heroin out of the equation. Cobain's probably not dead. That's That's it. very true. There's a yeah. lot of preventable things like that. Uh, you know, so many
2: rock stars where you could take the drugs out of the situation, the alcohol out of the situation, yeah. or giving them something they don't have, like health insurance. <laughs> oh, well, health. You know,
1: most of the people that I know that are rock rock and rollers, that's the last thing they're worried about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know. And then they get
2: older. That's true. You know, I get a yeah. up about legacies and people it's dying, right. it, and the it, one who was that- on my
1: mind the most... When they're in their twenties and you tell them they should buy health insurance, they'll just look at you like you're from Mars, you know? That's true. And they're just but- like, I just try not to lecture people like that and just go, you know, uh, maybe you should be careful and not do drugs. I would never tell people, I don't think you should do drugs. That's, that's, I, I, ha- I realize I have no power over their decisions along those lines. I would advise them against it if they ask me and I don't do it. I don't do those kinds of things. So um, I think that, you know, the best thing I can give someone else is, is leading by example. Mm-hmm. you know that's I'm it.
2: thinking more like chuck Schulder and how he had like an operable tumor but like died anyway because he couldn't afford the operation
1: no you know there's, there's always things like that that yeah. happen anywhere in the world you know i mean you can have free medical if you don't go to the doctor <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter I'm sure <laughs> too you know you still have to you still have to pick up the pick up the the, the uh the the chance to do it not everyone, you know, I met plenty of people, massively irresponsible people with their health in places like Europe that have free healthcare.
3: Mm-hmm. They don't,
1: they're, they're not gonna do it. They don't wanna go to the doctor and have them tell them that smoking two packs of cigarettes and drinking 24 beers a day and doing drugs is, is probably not a good thing for them. They don't wanna hear it, <laughs> you know, until something goes wrong, they're not gonna do anything.
2: So lesson learned, go to your doctors. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can. Very, very, very great advice. Buzz, thank you again so much for joining us today. This was an awesome conversation. Uh, where can people find you to keep up to date with what you're doing, what the band's doing?
1: Um, you know, normal social media stuff. We have a new album, Working With God, that came out in February. Um, and then we got some new other stuff coming out soon. A big project that I can't really say anything about at the moment that's going to come out soon. And then you can also follow me on Instagram, RealKingBuzzo, but that's just uh, my photography. An amateur photographer so uh, there's no pictures of me it's just me behind the camera for once you know That's so, cool. yeah so people can check that out real king Buzzo on, you know, on instagram it's the only oh. social media account i have you know
2: good keep that in mind people watch out for buzz catfish all right well Zena, how about you where can everyone find you oh you know spreading
0: misinformation at Zena coda everywhere on social media <laughs> what about you kitty
2: You can find me being tried by a jury of my peers every goddamn day at MercifulKate on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us at The Pit. We are The Pit across all social media. If you are listening right now on podcasts, you can find us on YouTube. If you want to see Buzz's iconic and glorious hair, find us at The Pit. And thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week.